Hey everybody, welcome to Risk Management, an actual play tabletop RPG podcast set in a science fictional future, complete with killer robots and blood cults. Well, usually it would be complete with killer robots and blood cults, but today we're going to be doing something different. So to um, lift the hood a little bit, we're actually a bunch of sessions ahead of the release schedule of Risk Management, but we felt like we really wanted to do something for Halloween. So today we are going to be recording a live episode that takes place six months before the events of the Messenger arc. So things are going to be a little bit different. Um, we are going to be doing some revised rules. Um, I'm going to be using a tarot card deck to make some decisions today. It's going to be a good old fun time. Um, I'm Steve Spaulding, here as always with... Jess Kinghorn! So, let's talk a little bit about this new mission. Um, as I mentioned, it takes place about six months before the Messenger's Arc. So, Caro and Anders are in uh, different places in their lives right now. Um, Very different. (laughs) We'll explore more of that when we actually get into the episode. Uh, Today is a holiday called Sub Umbra, which is sponsored by Genetic Astro Digital. We make you better. You see, uh, the corporate governance boards or whatever they are called, decided at some point in the future that having hundreds and hundreds of different holidays really just gave people way too much time off. So they created the revised and consolidated Universal Calendar, and they're currently on version 1.85, service pack number three. And this calendar basically takes all of those silly holidays that people have been celebrating for thousands of years and consolidates them into a handful of easy to um, work with, easy to commercialize choices. And one of those is Subumbra, sponsored by Genetic Astro Digital. We make you better. <laughs> the mission itself has been given to risk management by the 12th of July, also known as 12J or just July, if you can't remember the rest of the name. They are an eccentric trillionaire, perhaps the richest person on the planet in fact. And they have tasked risk management with beta testing a new product that they are working on, strangely enough, on some kind of remote jungle, tropical island place. The thing about 12J is that no one has actually seen them. They never appear in public. Uh, No one has picture of them. Whenever you think you've seen 12J, you are usually just seeing a surrogate or a hologram or something else. In fact, it's hard to tell whether or not people have actually met this person because they just appear as something different every time you see them. Anyway, their money's still green. Uh, Their bits bits are still digital. Um, So risk management accepted the money and they've sent Caro and Anders out to help them with their little tech support problem. So Caro and Anders should be on vacation right now. So tell me, how do how does Caro feel about working on Subumbra? Sponsored by Genetic Astro Digital. 
We make you better. Yes, yes. Okay, we have to say it that way every time. We've got to, you know, <laughs> really, really hammer home the sponsorship. Um, yeah, no, Caro is, like, usually a, a, a massive dork for, like, you know, any excuse to wear a costume, uh, as should not be surprising. Uh, and initially she was a little bit like, oh, I have to work, so Bumbra, that's, that's a shame. Because um, usually there are people, you know, she, you know, hangs out with, it's a tradition, but those people are busy and also she gets to go to work in costume. Uh, so she's pretty, pretty pumped for this, actually. It's, she, thinks, she thinks it's going to be a laugh. She thinks it's going to be a laugh. Yeah, Anders is pretty excited. Uh, a, Anders uh, doesn't have friends. <laughs> he, has, oh. he has some friends, but mostly not. And he's oh. always interested in going on a mission. And this one's on a weird desert island. Not desert island. It's a tropical island. Eh, who knows what it is, really. Hard to tell. <laughs> we haven't landed yet. <laughs> and Anders is uh, always jazzed to wear a costume. So that's great. Oh, by the that's way. That's why we make a great team. <laughs> indeed. Uh, risk management has um, given both Anders and Caro a special dispensation because it is sub Umbra to wear costumes on this mission. And the 12th of July or their handlers, you know, they don't mind. So. I, I guess we should probably describe the costumes we're wearing. Do you want to go first? No, I want you to go first. I am so super excited about your costume. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Alright, so so Caro has gone as the film character Jenny Mnemonic. Who's Jenny Mnemonic? Well, I'm so glad you asked, dear listener. She is the lead character in the centennial remake of Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic has now reached cult comedy status in this far-flung future with killer robots and blood cults. Um, and it's it's kind of it's you know it's terrible, but it's a good laugh to watch. And um, it was so it was so popular that uh, on the hundredth anniversary of its creation, um, they remade it with a female lead. And the script is a bit more classically comedic. It's still terrible, but it's a good laugh. And Carol loves both movies. And she already had the suit. And she bashed together the gloves and the visors out of stuff she had lying around. The visor is like her very first VR headset she got when she was 18. So she's gutted that and it's very lightweight and it looks the part. So she is very chuffed. She gets to dress up as Jenny and Monica at work. <laughs> So Anders is wearing a costume that makes him look nearly identical to Vice Admiral M.K. Sutton of the AFC Resplendent, which is the main starship in the hit VR show Galaxy Force Alpha. And he's sort of a roguish kind of character who, you know, goes to planets and, and rescues dudes and damsels in distress and generally goes about like making the universe safe for um, human and lizard kind. And that second part's important because Vice Admiral M.K. Sutton is a lizard person. <laughs> so Anders is in full um, face clay um, smart disguise to look like a lizard person. He has a um, prosthetic tail that kind of moves back and forth. He's wearing epaulets. He's wearing a bunch of insignias of office. And he has a very fake um, blaster pistol at his side. This is great. 
<laughs> the the one um, other than his trusty knife, um, basically Anders never carries goes around um, without a knife. The one other weapon he has is hidden away in a gauntlet on his left arm, and it is a stun cord. Um, so that's real, and that will um, electrocute or disable people. The mission itself is not supposed to be dangerous, but you know, this is risk management after all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Kara, mm-hmm. what are you packing for the mission? All right, so she has her gun, um, because you know you never know. She also has chocolate, because again you never know, and uh, it, it's it's pretty helpful. Um, she also has a phablet with hacking tools because always helpful. And she also has uh, the, if I'm just going to double check the name before I say it wrong. Uh, and of course, I've scrolled away from that. Uh, gosh, I'm so glad this episode is live. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so she has the jam session electronic jammer with two charges because you never know. <laughs> Indeed. So let's let's begin. Uh, do you have any questions before we start? I, I'm just so excited for what's about to happen, whatever that might be. <laughs> Act one. Oh my gosh. So we find ourselves in a drone plane. Um, sitting in significantly more comfortable um, chairs than we are used to for a mission, because this plane has been chartered for us by the 12th of July. There are people in masks of all sorts wandering around, um, offering us um, refreshments, offering us little snacks, um, and one wanders over to you with two glasses um, and says, Sir, ma'am, would you like a beverage? I mean, just out of character, I'm I'm already kind of like, this is a trap. Um, but I think Carrie would, you know, without a second thought, knock one back. Yeah, and Anders does as well. And what what's interesting about this is that the the beverage is in like a wine glass, but when you drink it, it's got this kick to it. It it's sort of carbonated, more like more like soda than than like alcohol. And Anders looks to the person and says. Uh, what is this, exactly? Oh, sir, it's the the very latest from New Gen Industries. It's called Power Fuel. Do you (laughs) like it? (laughs) This is amazing. That explains so much. It all started here. Of, of course. Uh, we we enjoyed as well. Uh, and Anders is just wide-eyed in his lizard makeup. And that visual is exactly what you think it is. 
Quite a visual, yes. <laughs> and he's staring at this poor um, waitstaff member. And then the waitstaff says, I'll have... I'll, I'll ask if they could send a case to you. Would, would that make you happy? <laughs> that would make me very, very happy. <laughs> Wonderful. And he totters off. <laughs> Give the lizard what he wants! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know, like, ten minutes pass, and do you, do you finish drinking your, your power fuel? Yes, uh, I mean, Caro isn't one for fizzy pop, but yeah, this is, you know, mostly inoffensive, and she, but she just has the one glass. She was expecting alcohol, and she is slightly disappointed. <laughs> yeah, the, the waiter brings back three more glasses um, <laughs> at Anders back. <laughs> <laughs> and he finishes all three, and he looks very pumped. <laughs> I'm so happy for him. <laughs> the The plane lands on a tiny airstrip um, on a island that, from the window... Are you in the window seat or the aisle seat? Uh, Kara likes the window seat, sure. Yeah, from the window, it looks a lot like... It's, it's so much like a jungle island from a movie right it feels so much like something that you would you it looks like jurassic park right Ooh. <laughs> it's just well this, we've already got the lizard so yeah no definitely it's just this sprawling beautiful island and it's getting to be a, just past sunset so the sun is kind of dipping beneath the horizon it's really a, a gorgeous location to to do anything and the plane touches down and the door opens and you got and all of the people all of the the crew because there is no pilot file off the plane and leave you two to your your own devices um so exactly what are we supposed to be testing here did, did anyone ever actually tell you that no, it was, was uh, they were pretty light on the details, but I mean, you know, how hard can it be? Like, it's not it's Sabambra! Like, it's, it can't, it can't be, it can't be like that, you know. It should be fun. It should be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, yeah. life's pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty content. Um, but yeah, shall we, shall, shall we? <laughs> we shall. And All right. so Anders leads the way and steps off a plane. And after you do, there's a couple of things that you notice. Um, the first is that there is a person, and this person is wearing a kind of vaudevillian getup. They, they are kind of dressed in this very kind of garish makeup that, that's halfway between, like, a mime and a clown they they have all like they have so many colors like that's the thing and they're they're not static either it's kind of dynamic clothing so so their pants and their shirt kind of shift between a variety of different colors and from beneath the mask you can't quite tell if they they're a man or a woman or otherwise um 
but they're just standing there and they are the only person standing there and next to them are two tables and on those tables are two small silver boxes and i am going to pull a card one sec oh, 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 oh. already the tarot cards are out uh <laughs> indeed um, yeah no um I, I guess I guess all that's left to do is to maybe introduce themselves to this mysterious individual or at least ascertain what role this mysterious individual may have to play in preceding events. Yeah, Anders is hanging back, um, kind of waiting for you to, to go forward. He's looking around the island and I'm not going to make us roll too often. Um, but I'm going to say that what Anders notices is that it seems very... Well, I'll let him tell you. Huh. Do you, like, camp much? I mean... One of my buds tried to get me to go glamping once, but... um, (laughs) The bugs eat me alive, so no. Why? I don't know. It... This doesn't really look like any forest I've ever been to. I mean, look, it it's like there's one path leading in, and it, I don't know, it feels very stagey. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking for. It feels very stagey. All right, okay. Huh. Uh, I guess that's kind of neat. Um... Well, uh, any anything else untoward? Any any other concerns, or shall we shall we go and say hello? Yeah, you should probably go and say hello. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll come keep with an you. eye out. Yeah. Cool. All right. Stay close. Um, and uh, Kara goes over to the mysterious individual and uh, extends her hand and goes, uh, "Kara Bellamy, uh, nice to meet you." The fellow or lady or what have you claps their hands together and says why hello i'm so glad that you have made it here how are you today this night of subumbra uh yeah can't complain um the the plane was pretty sweet (laughs) july will be so happy to hear that you had a good flight Excellent. Uh, I mean, if I may be so bold, will we will we be dealing in any way directly with uh, July themselves, or uh, are they going to kind of be behind the shadows for this one as well? Will we de- be dealing with yourself more? You never know. <laughs> that is what Sub Umbra is about. It is about the shadows, and it is about what lies within. <laughs> Okay then. Uh, great. Uh, wh- what can I call you, friend? You may call me Nisha. Misha. Nisha. With an N. All right. Nisha. Oh, Nisha. Right. My apologies. No problem. It is sub umbra. We all wear masks, and sometimes those masks are more confusing than other times. Right. All right then. Cool. Uh, well, um, yeah. Shall we get the show on the road then, Nisha? That is... Yes. Yes, we should. Um, 
do you have your phones with you? Because if you do, I'm going to have to take those from you. I'm so sorry, but July... Oh, I perfectly understand. Yeah, all right. Uh... Yeah, okay. That That's probably fine. Yeah, yeah. alright, all okay. Um, because uh, obviously Caro has her phablet, so she's she's okay. Um, uh, so yeah, she kind of roots around and uh, pulls out her phone. As Anders hands them over, the uh, Nisha looks over and says, Oh, are you a Galaxy Force Alpha fan? Yeah, it's a pretty cool show. <laughs> You, you know, July loves that show. She was thinking about buying the entire station. Wow. Oh. That's very interesting information. She just buys up VR stations when she likes shows. <laughs> she is quite wealthy and a little insane. <laughs> good to know, Julie, good. <laughs> and... After Nisha has your phones, he points to the two side tables. This is going to be very simple. There are a pair of contacts in there, and all you need to do is pop those into your eyes, and then make your way along our garden path. Once you reach the end, you're done! Oh. Uh, okay. Uh... Sounds good to me. Uh, and Caro goes over to the box and she has a look at these contacts and just kind of, you know, checks there's nothing sus about them. Just kind of, if they look like a pair of like augmented contacts and they don't look like they're designed to harm the wearer in any obvious way, then yeah, she, she probably wouldn't object to popping those in. Yeah, give me a knowledge roll of 13. Okay. Oh no! <laughs> um, so so I got an eight overall. Yeah, they look like they're off the shelf. Really, they don't look exactly normal. Well, I mean, Caro hasn't been hardened by experience just yet. So whatever. Yeah, no, she's gonna she's gonna pop those in. Oh, I'm gonna regret this so much. Yeah, Anders has already popped his in. Um, and Anders looks over to you and he's like. Whoa. Do you look at Anders? Well, yeah, because he was like, whoa. Yeah, Anders looks like a lizard person now. Not like a person wearing a lizard person costume, but like a lizard person. Oh, that's pretty sweet. What What, what do I look like? Oh, man, you look exactly like Jenny Mnemonic. It's crazy. You've got the little port in the side of your head. It's... It's pretty wild. Caro squeals. <laughs> She's very excited by this. We thought you'd enjoy that. Oh, you will find that reality is so much grander within our little <laughs> beta test here. All right, all right, sweet. I like it, I like it. Okay, uh... So, so let me just check. You, you just want us to walk the path wearing these uh, augmented contacts and go along our merry way. Absolutely. Oh, there is one more thing. Um, you should hurry along. I'm not saying you should rush. You should take in the experience. But uh, 
I, July, you know. Is impatient? She can be a bit eccentric. And so, yes, when she wishes for people to get through one of her tests, she likes for them not to waste too much time. You know, time is money and all that, and she has a lot of money. Yes, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose my colleague and I should uh, be setting off then. Um, I guess we'll see you at the end. <gasps> and he walks away. Okay, then. Uh, you're good over there, buddy? Yeah, no, I'm great. This is the coolest thing ever. Uh, It is pretty cool, let's be honest. And when you look around, the forest has completely transformed. It was beautiful before, but now there's sort of a fairy tale quality to it. Like, there are little lights that are, like, floating in the air, kind of giving a warm glow. And the lights throw real shadows onto the ground. And you know that these lights aren't really there. They, they don't... Or you think so. They shouldn't be. They don't make any sense. But it, it really looks like it is. You've seen AR before, but this is next-level stuff. And so, uh, I guess you make your way into the woods? Yeah, no, um, Caro, you know, she, she's taking it all in, and as she heads towards the woods, she's like, whatever July is paying R&D, it's worth every cent. Or bit, rather. It, wow, this is really cool. I wonder if we can get one of these for risk management. Do you think, uh, I mean, she's probably not selling them, and I don't know if we could afford them even if she was, but we should really ask. I mean, we should definitely at least ask, but I'm pretty sure the answer's gonna be no. We should just make the most of these while we've got them, really. Man, we always get real crappy missions, but this one's pretty cool. I'm pretty stoked for this, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to tell uh, my, my buds. Can't believe they cancelled on me. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, gonna hang out with my buds too, Subumbra. Uh, um, um, uh, uh, yes, shall, shall we be going? Uh, yes, let's, let's go. Yes, okay. Uh, Karu is very awkward, uh, right now. Act two. <laughs> so you begin into the woods, and in this first section, the first thing you pass by is a little stream, and the stream's on your right, and it has this, like, gorgeous silver water inside of it. And... It seems to be leading off into a direction. It seems to be leading left towards sort of this thicker patch of trees. Um, And that is a path that you could go along, or you can keep going straight. Uh, Well, I mean, as, as tempting as the divergence is, I think... Caro would be inclined to keep going straight. Anders turns over and looks to you and he's like, I mean, I know we're supposed to be hurrying, but I don't know. That looks pretty cool, don't you think? I mean, yeah. Oh, we can take a peek, right? I mean, it can't hurt. Well, I hope it won't. (laughs) I mean, none of this is real. So let's 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 take a peek, yeah. And 
as you begin walking, you see this vision in front of you. And what it is, that the whole sky is, is filled with it. And it is this person, glorious and kind of wreathed in light, sitting on a crown with like a scepter in his or her hand. And, and it's just radiant. And it seems to be beckoning you down this pathway along this river. It's it's like the sky itself is this vision. It's replaced the stars. It's replaced, you know, your entire field of view. So all you can really see is this sort of beckoning hand and this wise, gentle face um, leading you on. This does feel like a but thou must uh, situation, so we should probably uh, go and see what this uh, vision wants. Yeah, no, this seems pretty wild. Let's do it. So, What's the worst that could happen? As you make your way along, the, the Silver River goes around bends, and you can see off to the side a few like little houses you don't really know if they're real or AR but they're you know they exist and there are a couple of people not people though much they're short and they have wings and they have like small coal colored eyes and they wave at you but they smile and they look friendly enough and as you continue you do you do you do anything with these people yeah no Kara kind of, you know, she plays along, she waves back, uh, but, like, yeah, she, she carries on her merry way. Uh, give me a perception roll of nine. I'll roll the All same. Alright. Uh, okay. Ooh. <laughs> Twelve, overall. Cool. Both you and Anders notice that as as you pass them, though, the, the smiles on their faces kind of turn into frowns. They they kind of begin to drift downwards. You you only catch a peek of it though, right out of the corner of your eyes as you pass down the lane. Huh. I mean, those are pretty cool costumes, if they're costumes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, let's 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 uh, hurry along. Yeah, um, let's keep going. And as you come out of this um, little tiny village, you come to a clearing, and in that clearing, you see two stockades, and inside of those stockades, there are. Each of them has one of these creatures. And they their hands are kind of done up so that they can't really wiggle out. They're, they look a little bit... I, I wouldn't say they look... They look kind of okay, right? They look kind of contented with their position right now. But they are, they are trussed to large rocks. And they are done up in this stockade, and it looks very clear if you look at their wrists, wrists that there's bruising around it. The, you could walk past these fellas, um, 
or you can stop in this clearing. What do you do? Well, yeah, Nakaro would kind of stop to look at it at least. Uh, it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't strike her as a happy image. Um, no matter how okay the uh, trust-up victims seem to be, um, she'd at least stop and kind of consider the scene a bit more. Out of the corner of your eye, you see a man carrying two swords. And at his feet are three more swords. So for a total of five swords. Um, he is just watching you. Caro waves a bit sheepishly to see if that gets any reaction. No reaction whatsoever. It's it's a vision that seems sort of almost pasted onto the scene in the same way that the vision of the, the judge was pasted. So it's it's both natural and unnatural. Right, okay. What happens if Caro, like, takes a step towards the scene? Just, just a step. Towards the gentleman with the swords or towards the two winged creatures? Uh, the winged creatures trust up. Hello. One says. Uh, hey, uh, I, 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 are you okay? You, you, you don't look okay, I guess? We're wonderful. Uh, are you guys just, like, hanging out, or, like, what, what's the sitch? We're doing the most wonderful thing a person can do. We're re-earning our place in our world. How'd you mean? We... Oh, oh my... Jazz, do you do you wish to to explain this to them? I I think you've always been better at explaining things, Zaz. <laughs> perhaps you're right. Perhaps you're right. Yes. Well, we are criminals, and now this is the way we re-earn our place in the world. So we will stay here, and we will grow thin and frail and and the water will leave our bodies and our wings will fall from our backs and we at some point we will return to our place in the world right uh and if you don't mind my asking what was your crime yes it was a crime okay not not gonna elaborate then right uh, uh, huh. Was it the same crime between you two? Yeah, and also you guys have interesting names. Jazz and Zaz, is it? That it is. I am Zaz. No, you aren't, silly. You're Jazz. Oh, I forget sometimes. Yes, I am Jazz, and he is Zaz. Indeed, indubitably. Yes, we had a disagreement, and now we're here because we committed a crime, and this is how one deals with that. Right. By starving criminals to death. Uh, I'd feel like knowing what your crime was would give me some necessary context. Yes, it would. Okay, so as part of the punishment, you can't talk about it? 
Yes, it is. Ah, oh, okay then. Now that makes sense. Uh, would that fellow with the swords know more about it? <laughs> Perhaps. You should avoid that one, though. Oh, how come? Yes, you should. Uh, huh. Um, uh, why should I avoid the man with the swords? We can't tell you things. It will only make our punishment longer. Uh, okay, uh, sorry to bother you, uh, and Kara kind of just sort of like slowly kind of sidles away, uh, she's a little, she's a little bit creeped out, she's a little bit creeped out. Are, are we meant to help you? I think we could probably get you out of those chains, I mean, are you, are you like a, are you really in a stockade or is this like a weird vision AR thing. I have no idea what you're referring to. Yeah, okay. Uh, should we just go? Maybe not. Uh, like, I don't know. Like, it's 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 dumb, right? Like, I'm pretty sure, like, it, that this whole scene is, like, like, written and constructed and all that. I mean, some of the some of the responses were a little bit, you know, sus, but, uh, I also feel really bad, even if they're, like, not real, just leaving them like that, like... Yeah, I mean, we could probably just get them out. I mean, these are wooden stockades. I mean, <laughs> we could just pull the bolts or whatever. That'd probably do it. And I don't know. I don't know. I could probably pick the locks on those chains. This doesn't seem all that hard. Okay. I mean... Well... What's the worst that's gonna happen? Let's just see what happens, you know? Like, we're here for a walk. Let's see what happens. Cool, let's do it. Uh, okay, give me, I don't know, like, a medium grace roll for to lockpick this thing. Okay, uh, can you give me an eat, please? Sure. Cool, yeah, uh, Anders with very little... <laughs> problem goes over and he he takes out like he he takes his his blaster pistol that he has his his mk sutton blaster pistol and he just sort of pulls like a like a little pin from it and begins fiddling with the lock nice <laughs> and and jazz or Zaz looks over to you and says did you know your friend is a lizard yeah, it's pretty cool, hey? Yeah. It it is something. Yes. I guess we have wings, so that's probably strange to you as well. I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things, maybe a little, maybe not so strange. Do you do you undo the do you undo the little um stockade bolts? Do you pull and, and they're super simple. You just have to like pull these like little wooden trusses out and they would open up I mean like if this was like the Caro if this was the Caro of the like present day she would be like 
why haven't they undone the stocks if it's so simple? Like, this feels like a trap. This is staged. We're meant to do this and something bad is going to happen. Ah, but Caro of the, the, the current timeline, she she wouldn't be thinking that far ahead. She's, she's just here on a fun little jaunt through the woods that might be a bit spooky. So yeah, she totally, without thinking twice about it, undoes the stocks. Oh, what, what are you two doing? What, what are you doing? You know, like, I mean, I mean, I mean, the punishment you described. Oh, it takes so long. You know, like, you know, well, we just want to see what happens if we uh, undid these stocks. You know. And Anders, I guess, does the other one on Jazz and Orzaz. And as soon as you open the stockades, they spring out. Um, and because he's already undone the chains that were binding their legs to the stones, they are not restrained to the ground either. And they begin to flap overhead. What have you done? Uh... Undone the restraints? And the vision of the kingly person in the chair reappears, but the sort of smile that they had on their face is now this frown, and instead of wreathed in light, they're wreathed in shadow. And from that shadow comes this gray beam of color that surrounds the two flying creatures. And they were pretty pleasant looking as flying tiny things go, but now their eyes are red and you can see that within their mouths are these sharpened teeth and they stop you stop being able to hear them talk and now that you hear a growling sound a gurgling sound coming from deep within and they fly at you and anders give me a grace roll against 10 oh god okay oh would you look at that 12 again Jazz, who is growing taller by the moment, slides through the air and just barely misses you. But Zaz, who who is not growing any larger, but growing faster, manages to catch Anders. And he, he swings away, but just not quite in time. And now on top of Anders, this creature is beginning to claw at his green skin. And you ha- you don't see any blood yet. You don't see any sign that he's being hurt. But he is attacking him. What what do you do, Kara? Uh... Kara <laughs> tries to deliver a swift kick to the person play-fighting with her friend. And as you do, Jazz grabs you by the arm and you feel real weight there and he's grown large enough now that you're beginning the wings are becoming larger and more leathery and you actually leave the ground by a few inches ah, no 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 don't like this just stay calm Every, everything's okay everything's just fine no, it's not. No, it's not. Ah, put me down. Put me down. Put me down. <laughs> and as you say, put me down, a sword 
flies through the air and buries itself in the back of this creature. And it lets go of you and you hit the ground. And you're not hurt. Um, but you are bruised a little bit. And as you're lying on the ground, a second sword goes flying through the air and pins the second creature, Zaz, up against a tree. And Anders stands, and you see the man with his now three of his five swords juggling them in the distance. And it's kind of spectacular to look at because these are each like two, three foot long swords and he's juggling them with the grace and ease of of a Cirque de Soleil performer. I mean, Kara takes a moment to catch her breath, but she kind of calls off into the distance. Cheers, buddy! <laughs> and you look to the the floor and you can see Jazz beginning to bleed this sort of off-green blood into the sand. And you see Zaz begin to bleed this kind of off-blue blood into the tree. And when you turn around to where the stockades were, there is a chest sitting there. Ooh, loot! Loot, 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 loot! Caro kind of sidles over to the chest, uh, not thinking it's a mimic, <laughs> but uh, knowing my luck it will be. Um, and uh, yeah, no, she inspects the chest, like, is it, how is it locked? It's gotta be locked, right? <laughs> no, this one is not locked. Yeah, no, she, she's totally kind of like, even though, like, even even after that exchange, she's kind of like, this is a fun game, and so she, you know, she opens the chest. Yeah, no, uh, as you open the chest, there are two bright keys inside of it. They're both golden, and and there's also uh, two coins inside. Ah, okay. Uh, one for me, one for you, Anders, look! Yeah. Man, this is pretty fun. Oh, man. I wish we could talk to that sword guy, but I think uh, I don't think we're supposed to talk to him, right? Like, that was like he's busy juggling swords, which must take a lot of effort. Wouldn't want to break his concentration, uh, or at least not get near when his concentration is broken. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah, let's take these and continue down the path, eh? Let's go. And All right. As you continue down the path, uh... You can see the the creatures behind you slowly dissolving into the dirt, and the man with the swords just continues juggling away. Act three. Oh. <laughs> you come upon a pair of trees standing all by themselves in a circle of like tall grass and on the trees you see keyholes and oops on the trees you, you definitely see keyholes and you realize that there's probably a choice coming up and there's one key there's one tree on your left and there's one on your right um on the left word tree you see 10 gold coins 
um, all kind of beautifully carved into the woods, sort of arranged in this kind of line up and down. And on the right, you see a man holding two cups filled with wine, and he's wearing a crown. Anders looks over. All right, gold or caps? Wine? Ooh, wine. Uh, well, we don't know what, like, in this thing, whatever this performance is, we don't know what the queens are worth. Um, but I could really go for a drink right now. And we've got at least, like, another character? Question mark, question mark, question mark to talk to? I don't know. Uh, but that's my, my vote would be for wine. I don't know if you're so inclined. I know you liked that power fuel, though. Yeah, no, I mean, I made the last choice and we ended up accidentally murdering a couple of fairies or whatever. So this is probably for the best. Well, we might have another character to unfortunately murder. Hopefully not, though. Uh, so, yeah, if you're cool with uh, talking to the guy with the cup, sure, let's let's do that. Cool. Uh, yeah, you do you do you just go in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. You go into the tree and it's surprisingly spacious in here. And it oh, is always bigger on the inside. <laughs> it's you're unclear how a tree of this size could um fit a a sort of cave because it is a cave that you find yourself in of of this sort of magnitude and you are walking downstairs mostly. And on the walls of these stairs, you you see the picture of the entire history of something. You're you're unclear what it is, but the the first thing you see is a small child sitting at the the knee of of a king and a queen, and the child looks sort of resplendent. It looks radiant, so happy, so young, so full of joy and hope and promise. And as you walk down the stairs, you you see another little fresco of that same child, obviously grown older and stronger. And they are out hunting, and they have a bow in hand. And you can see an older version of, of the woman who you think might be the queen at his side, teaching him to draw his bow. And you can see the father astride a horse, sort of watching on with pride. As you continue down the stairs, you see that same young man grown older now, but there's sort of a shadow about his eyes, and you can see the the man who you think is the king laying in bed, and you can see the older woman now at the young boy's side holding his shoulders, and you can see that they both have tears in their eyes. And then you reach the end of the stairs. And in front of you is another door. And it is also locked. But you do have one key left. Uh, do we use the key? Either that or turn back. Uh, we still don't know what the coins would be for. Um, I guess we keep pushing forward? Onward and upwards. Yes, hopefully. 
yeah, I would hate to get stuck down here. We need to make it to the end of the path. That's the whole deal, right? Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to see how impatient this July could be. And the door opens. And inside of the door, you see the same chamber that you saw before. And surrounding it is a pile of golden cups. And each of these cups are filled to varying degrees with wine. Um, some of them only have sort of a thimble full of wine. Some of them have almost half a cup. Some of them are filled to the brim. But there are hundreds of them. It's actually difficult to walk through the room because you're afraid that if you, like, don't watch your step, you're going to spill the cups. Um, and at the end, you see someone you recognize as the man from the fresco. who The boy who has now grown into a man from the fresco. And he has two of the cups in his hands. Ooh, hold on. This looks like a puzzle to me. Oh, yeah. Do you think... Oh, oh man. Uh, are we, like, not supposed to spill the cups? Are we supposed to pick the right cup? Oh, man, what kind of puzzle do you think this is? Something to do with the cups he's holding. Uh... Maybe maybe we need to match the amount in each cup. I don't know. We should probably talk to him first, right? Yeah, how are we going to get there? There's a lot of cups between us. Got to be careful, right? Don't want to spill the cups. Or maybe we, we, we do. Could, we, we could project our voices. Oh, yeah. Right. We could totally yell. Yeah? Let's give it a try. He might not respond, but, you know, we should we should try. Go, right. go for it. All right. <coughs> all right, buddy. You doing all right? Come closer sure uh do you mind if we spill any cups on the way above you you see another vision and this is a heart and within the heart you see three swords piercing through it and there's something inside of you that says that no, you should probably not spill any of the liquid in these cups. Alright, okay. So how densely packed are the cups? Are they Very. like... Yeah, I mean, you could, Very. You have to, like, kind of tiptoe your way through. I'm going to make you roll, essentially. Alright. I mean... But there's... But what I will say is that there's sort of two paths. There's a path around the side of the cup with the, the least amount of, of wine... And there's a path around the side of the cup with the most amount of wine. And there's probably something to see here, but um, you're going to have to ask me a specific question, and I'm going to make you roll for it. Um, is there, like, a difference in the width of the paths? Yeah, give me a knowledge roll of six. Sure. Um, I got a ten overall. You see the on the side... Where on his right side, his right side, um, from his perspective, the okay. the cups have less wine in them, and on his left side, the cups have more wine in them, which matches the amount of wine in the cups in his own hand. Okay. Uh. So, so Kara's kind of thinking, like, so we can avoid spilling as little wine as possible, maybe. 
maybe someone should choose. Maybe we should choose the path with the, with the 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 smallest amount of wine, perhaps. Yeah, that probably would work. I mean, mm, you know, if if wine is spilt, then it's not a lot. So I don't know. Uh, I feel like I'm missing something in this room, but I wouldn't know where else to look. There's just so much wine, and it's very distracting. I've, I've not had a drink in a little while. I mean, you could probably... Well, you probably shouldn't drink the wine. That would probably be... I mean, best. that's that's obviously a bad idea. Caro was definitely considering it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's probably a bad idea. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't going to drink the wine. I wasn't, I wasn't going to drink the wine. Um, Do yeah, not we... drink the wine. Oh, you don't need to tell me twice. Um... So, yeah. Uh. So I'm going to say, give me... Give me two grace rolls against first eight and then nine. Okay. Oh, God, I can just see this going terribly. All right, first eight, then nine. Gotcha. That is a nine overall. And that's a nine again! Oh, I love when things go my way! Okay, here's what happens. Both you and Anders begin to... to make your way across the scene. And... the first... like, the first three steps, I think it's the tail, right? Like, Anders wasn't entirely prepared to have to do, like... Oh, no. (laughs) ...this kind of work. And his tail, it looks like his tail is going to knock over one of the cups. Uh, Give me a... Give me a... Grace DC of eight. Grace DC of eight? Yeah. Alright, okay. Um... Ooh! I keep rolling really high. Um, so that is, uh, 11 overall. Nice. So, Anders is making his way along, just confidently kind of dancing around the cups, and then his tail just nearly knocks one of the cups over, but you, like, quickly reach down and just sort of, like, put your hand in, in the way of it so that the cup doesn't actually fall, and, like, a drop of wine gets on your hand, but, but the cup itself is saved. Um... Otherwise, you and Anders both make your way pretty deftly through the the maze, and now you're sitting, standing at the right hand of of the King of Cups. Oh. <laughs> well, we we made it. Uh, how can we help you? I need you to find my cup. Right. Ugh. And he takes a drink from the full one and drains it. And he takes a, a drink from the em- nearly empty one and drains that as well. And he throws them as hard as he can into a back wall. And they just fall and they get dented. These kind of gold cups get dented. These are not my cups. Okay. So, what 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 do your cups look like? Do they have any distinguishing features? They are larger than a grain of sand and smaller than the sky above. Right. Okay. So 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 
when you have your cup in hand, you know it's your cup, basically. I would know from the taste. You'd know from the taste. Okay. What is it about the taste that helps you know? It tastes like my parents' love. Uh, okay, that's that's not what I think about when I have a nice glass of wine, but all right. Uh, uh, um, why do you need your cup? Should we should we be asking questions? I don't know. I really don't know how this thing works. I mean, I mean, you know, with any puzzle, you're meant to gather as much information as you as you possibly can, right? So, if we're gonna find this guy's cups, we need to know everything about these cups, I guess. I'm trapped here in this maze. If I find my cup, I will be free. Right. Okay. Do you have any reason to suspect that your cup isn't here at all? My cup is here. Okay, cool. Uh, just, just checking. How do you know? Where else would it be? I mean, it's, it's a good question, but you know, I don't know. Someone might be playing a trick on you, or us, or you know, whoever. Um, you can feel okay. the coin in your pocket begin to shake. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll have a look at that. What's that about? And it becomes in your hand a contact lens. And Anders takes his out, and it becomes a contact lens. And you don't know what to do with it exactly, but um, you can take out your contacts and replace them. Or one contact, or whatever. Well, between us, we have a pair. But, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, maybe we... Maybe we... Hmm. I'm, I'm I'm trying to decide if it's a stupid idea to, like layer the contacts um it's probably a stupid idea you wouldn't you wouldn't ever do that yeah you probably don't want to do that no as a person who wears contacts that's probably a bad plan (laughs) yeah yeah i can just hear my mum shouting at me because she also wears contacts um but i mean it's the future maybe there's like a stackable effect with these like totally techie contacts i don't know yeah like maybe Okay, yeah, pop out one of the contacts and see what happens and and pop in replace it with the other contact. I don't know. Do you do you spend any amount of time with the contact out of your eye? I should probably take it like actually inspect this contact before I put it in my eye. Yes. <laughs> so, the world out of the eye where you're not wearing the contact looks kind of sort of the same as the world now you are in fact in a room full of cups but okay there are many fewer cups so so it was densely packed with cups. i mean like you can't you only have one eye and unless you're spending a long time doing looking at it which you could if you wanted to it's not easy to tell how many fewer cups but there are definitely um fewer cups than you actually think they are in this room um do the cups look any different give me a perception roll of nine Ah, okay, uh, that is an eight. Yes. There are... There is 
a cup that looks different. A cup, okay. But it's kind of hard to pick out. You're still in a sea of cups. Like, it's it's not an insignificantly sized room. It's kind of hard to pick out. But you do notice, yeah, maybe one of these cups do look different. There's definitely different designs, but there's, you know, a design that you only see once. Right, okay. Uh, what does that cup look like behind a contact lens? Exactly the same. Well, I, I want to bear in mind the location of that cup. Okay, I'm going to say that give me a knowledge roll of seven to just sure. kind of lock in the position in your mind. Oh, no, that's fine. That's an eight overall. Cool. Yeah, you, you could, you'll be able to remember where the cup is. Cool. And as, do you put the other contact in? Yeah, let's let's give it a whirl. Before you do that, Andrew's like, "Whoa, whoa!" Give me a DC, a uh, Grace DC. A Grace DC. Yeah. Uh, moderate difficult. Yeah, moderate difficult. Okay. Uh, nine then. Anders almost falls over, but manages to stop from falling over. He already, you can see because his eyes are no longer sort of this kind of purplish tone they they are now kind of one of them is still purple from the original contact and the other one is like red from the new contact and he looks kind of put off and do you turn around and see where his eyes are yeah what what's he looking at if you look if you look at the king of cups through one eye you see the same man that you recognize from the fresco but if you look at him with your new contact you see a man whose flesh is hanging from his his skull, whose face is kind of melted partially, whose whose visage looks more skull than it does human. Uh, he, he really needs those cups, I guess. Uh, yeah, this is not great. Not great at all. Yeah, he's he's seen better days. Uh, no offense, mate. Bring me my cup. Uh, well, well, uh, Anders, uh, when when I when I took out one of the contact lenses from before, I did see one that looked a little a little sus, a little it stood out. I don't know if that is the cup, but like I could I could fetch it. Do you want me to go get it? I mean, you're. I mean, I'm in a weird lizard costume, so that's kind of tough. But I'm usually a little bit more. Uh, yeah, you are usually are. Uh, yeah, now you know what. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll, I'll try and uh, retrieve this cup. Sounds great and to me. We can have a look at it. We can have a look at it and then see if there's another one that matches or what have you. The ground below you sh- begins to shake. Great. <laughs> Just what I needed. <laughs> uh, yeah, give me two grace rolls, one against eight and one against nine. Oh, God, okay. I just know I'm going to totally, like, bottle these. Uh, so that one's a six. Oh, but that one's a twelve. So 
I don't know, like the third step you take, you just knock over like two cups. And as you do, the king jumps from his feet. He's like, no! What have you done? I've spilt your cups, I'm sorry. Are you are you still moving towards his cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I'm still going because I don't want that thing coming after me. So as <laughs> I want to be moving away if it does. As the cups spill, uh, you notice that the liquid inside begins to fill this entire chamber. And you also notice through the other contact, not the one you were originally wearing, uh, I don't think this is wine exactly. No, no, it's definitely not wine. And uh, what a what a pity. It's definitely blood. And it is beginning quickly, more quickly than it should, from cups of this size, beginning to fill the entire chamber with blood. Ooh, don't like this. Um But I'm, I'm You did roll a fourteen, so I'm gonna say that you ha- Oh, I rolled a I rolled a twelve the second time. Sorry. Oh, you still passed it by a significant yeah. margin. I'm gonna say you've got your hand on the cup that you thought looked weird. And when you look at it, it is not filled with a red liquid. It's filled with a clear liquid. But this chamber is filling very quickly with blood. And now you're starting to see what the shaking of the ground was. You see the man with the swords beginning to come towards you now. (sighs) And he's got two swords in his hand and a third at his waist. And he seems to be eyeing the king. Bring it here immediately. Um, I'm going to say, here are your choices. This room is filling rapidly with blood. And you can tell that, you know, your, your, your costume is getting sticky with blood. And you don't know if this is like high fructose corn syrup or something or, or real blood, but it is like, definitely starting to fill this room and I'm going to say that it's making it difficult for you to move quickly. It's probably at ankle height right now. The king is standing from his throne and half of his face is still melting and the the guy with the swords is now standing in the doorway. Uh, well, he cleaned up our mistakes last time so uh, let's see what happens if we give uh, the gaunt- we pass the gauntlet to the man that cannot leave. Who's almost imprisoned. Oh, this is a terrible idea. Yeah, okay, sure. I'm gonna give the goblet of white liquid to uh, the guy that's desperate for his cups. Yeah, I'm gonna roll to get there before the sword guy takes an action. Give me a grace DC of nine. Oh, that's going to go very poorly for me. Yeah, uh, that's a seven. <laughs> um, give me a higher grace DC. A higher grace DC than nine? Yeah, give me anything. Okay, uh, sure, eleven. <laughs> so you are slogging your way back through this puddle of blood with the cup in hand. And you're not quite fast enough. One of the swords goes flying through the air and pierces the King of Cups in the heart. And he just falls back into his throne 
and slumps over dead. Oh. You see Anders trying to leap into the, to catch the sword out of the air, which is a thing only Anders <laughs> could ever think would be <laughs> plausible to do. But he's not fast enough, and, and the sword kind of buries itself deeper into the king's chest, and he falls over. And as he does, you you see the blood begin to drain away from from the room. But the, the cup, you still have it in your hand. Huh. Well, that worked out better for us than I expected. Uh, I guess we should maybe hold on to this? Uh... I don't really want to drink anything in this room anymore, um, but we should probably do something with this. I don't know where we're going to stash this. I mean, you could... I guess you could... Oh, man. this. Oh, this is really gross. This whole place is really, really gross. Yeah, my, my costume is sticky. I don't like it. Oh, wait. Where did all the cups go? And huh? As you look around the room, you can see that the cups have dissolved into these like little piles and some of them seem more real than others and you can tell that if you weren't wearing your contact lens um they would have actually have dissolved huh do you look at the sword guy using your new contact yeah, go on then. Like, I just want to make sure he's not, like, advancing on us with his swords, because um, he, he's been clearing up all of our mistakes, so... No, he's juggling his swords, and you can see that he's wearing sort of this Harlequin mask. Um, when you look at him through the eyes, your, your new eye, your red eye, you can see that he's wearing this Harlequin mask. When you look at him through your your purple eye, he he looks like a, a young man with like medium length brown hair. And his swords look the same no matter which eye you look at him through. Jolly good. Uh, there is Kara no... is kind of Kara is kind of like, maybe the swords are real. <laughs> there is no chest in this room. Um but you do have the cup with you. Uh, well, well, uh, well, you should be careful not to spill it then. Um, is there anything else in this room of note? Is there like a door? Is there something behind where the um, the, the person slain by a sword? Uh, is there something behind where they are now slumped? No, there's nothing left in this room. Um, except for melted gold cups um, and maybe some residue of the red blood-like liquid. And the man juggling two swords. Uh, but there is a ladder leading back up to the surface. Huh. Well, uh, I, I, I guess this is, might be might be a, a, a dead end. Maybe we do need to go back, but I don't know how we're going to juggle this cup uh, up a ladder. Uh very carefully uh you probably should let me handle that yeah yeah could you <laughs> and yeah i guess you hand it to to anders and yeah give me a medium dc sure eight cool yeah yeah you guys both 
scamper up the the ladder, and Anders manages to deftly balance the cup without spilling a single drop as you make your way back out. And as you exit the the ladder, you can sort of push your way out, and it's a big wooden door. You find yourself in a graveyard. Spooky. Act four. So you're in a graveyard, and what do you do? There's there's a path leading onwards, um, deeper into the woods. Um, there are a number of different graves, and thus far you don't see too much more of note. Um, yeah, Caro is curious, so she was going to look at the names on the graves. That's interesting, um, because you only see two names on the graves. You Just repeated over and over. Over and over. That's creepy, but go on. You see the name Shirin Rask, and you see the name Amar Seabrook. Right. Okay. Shirin Rask and Amar Seabrook, was that? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's repeated over and over again on rows and rows of graves. Great! Uh, this is gonna, this is going to be a fun, happy level. Um, I guess... It's, is it just graves? Do any of the graves look different? Um, is there, is, are, there, are there, I don't know, any memorial statues? Let's see... Need to check. I need to check what the cards tell me. What does the heart of the cards tell you? We'll see. <laughs> Above you, you see a moon. Casting light, beautiful light, silver light, and the light seems focused on the cup in Anders's hand, and it reflects on the graves themselves. So, so this moon, bigger, larger, more beautiful than any moon you've seen through both of the contact lenses you wear, is reflecting off of the cup, and the, that reflection is illuminating the gravestones. Huh. I mean, we could pour the cap on the graves. I mean, it's worth a shot, isn't it? I mean, it's what we've got. I mean, we don't we don't have any more keys. I mean, it's typical adventure game logic. Just try everything on everything else until something happens. I guess. I mean, we only have one cup, though. So which which grave do we pour it on? Uh, Amar Seabrook? Why not? Could be worse. Could always be worse. Yeah, so Anders empties the entire cup of of white liquid onto the grave of Amara Seabrook, and the grave begins to to shudder, and the the sand begins 
to to not the sand the dirt begins to move away and the entire area begins to quake and you notice that it's not just this grave but every grave of Amara Seabrook the dozens of them begin to shake equally violently until the entire world is moving and in what seems like far too short a period of time you see this army of Amara Seabrooks surrounding you. Each of them has these dull, empty eyes of the eyes of dead people. Each of them has these pursed lips and the skin is tight against the skull and each looks like a zombie and they are closing in towards you. Ah, uh, let's get out of here. Let's uh run down the path. There is no clear way out. You are surrounded by Amara Seabrooks. Well, I don't think they're going to do the monster mash. Let's get out of here. Let's let's push our way out if we have to. A woman shoots her husband, then holds him underwater for five minutes. A little while later, they both go out and enjoy a wonderful dinner together. How can this be? The, oh, so, okay. the sound it's of their riddle. voice echoes because they are all speaking in synchrony and they take one more step towards you. Okay, this is a riddle. Um, oh, this, I'm going to kick myself when, when, when I find out the answer, but I am drawing a blank. Anders has his knife. I mean, that, that's a good it's a good insurance plan right there, buddy. That's, that's good. Um, ha. Right, okay. So, so, so. Uh, uh, uh. Well, they didn't say that. A woman just... shoots her husband, then holds him underwater for five minutes. A little while oh, later. Oh, it's a photograph! And as you say photograph, a third of the MRC brings fall over. Seabrooks fall over. But they are still walking in your direction. Um, um, it's a photograph because she, she shoots it like a picture and holds, hold her under, underwater because she's developing the image. And, and what, like it's their anniversary? They go for a great meal afterwards? Poor people uh, have it. Rich so- people need it. If you eat it, you die. What is it? Wait, what? Uh, p- poor people have it. They Rich take people... another step towards you. Ah, uh, I'm not good at riddles, man. I'm terrible at riddles. Uh. Yeah, I don't really Sorry. know riddles, so I'm gonna... This one's on you. I'll stab them if they get too close, I guess. Uh, I, I, that's all I need. That's all I need. Uh, I'm gonna just panic think this for a second. Wait, uh, what was the, what was, even was the riddle? Uh, poor uh, people uh, have it. Rich people need it. If you eat it, you die. What is it? Something to do with money? They take another step forward. Ah, uh, no, 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 that's terrible. Oh, I'm so stupid. Uh, they're about uh, two uh, steps before they're, they're reaching out towards you. They're about two steps uh, away. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. Ah, this is, this is not conducive to constructive thought. Um... <laughs> Poor people have it. 
rich people need it. If you eat it, you die. What is it? I'm drawing a blank. So they're on top of you now. Um, roll roll a Grace DC. We both need to roll Grace DCs against eight. Okay. I got a four. Of course you did. Um, of course I did. Carrie was distracted by riddles. Like, that's that's totally fair, right? So, <laughs> I'm going to kick myself when I find out the answer to this riddle. I'm going to feel so dumb. <laughs> Andrew's tries to stab one of of the the zombies but doesn't quite make it and his offhand is grabbed by another two uh crap this isn't great this is not great and they begin to to approach him you you don't even get to to do your attack they just sort of have you by the shoulders and they seem to be dragging you towards one of the graves Oh, I don't like this. I, 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 I don't like small spaces, and I do not like this. <laughs> uh, yeah, try again. Um, roll, roll me a DC eight. Oh, I got twelve. What do you do? How do you, how do you get out of their grips? Uh, I mean, I myself have tiny hands, so I would just like, you know, I would just, I would just one sharp tug and I'd be out um but uh yeah uh, gosh um I don't know like do these guys look like zombies yeah they look like zombies I mean I'm guessing their joints are pretty fragile then so yeah she would I don't know either try to punch or kick like a knee or something and you know so sharp and sudden that it would you know hopefully let the loosen their grip at the very least yeah you kick out a knee and like the leg just collapses in on itself and you can see over your shoulders anders has like gotten his hand free and has taken an arm and now there is a zombie arm hanging off of his his kind of lizard arm and he's like oh man these things are, are not not super tough i'll, I'll say that but there's more. Well, that's good for us, isn't it? <laughs> there's definitely more of them. Do you do you run? Do you stay and fight? What do you do? We we should run. We should run. Either come up with the riddle or um, solution, or we get the hell out of there. I'm still drawing a blank on that riddle, and it's really annoying me. <laughs> and yeah, so give me a DC nine to to run, and I'm gonna say it's gonna take you two rounds if you're just running. Okay. Yeah. Eleven. 12. Yeah, you guys run and the the Amon <laughs> Seabrook zombies are coming after you, but they're not rage zombies, so they're not that quick. But you do have, like, corpse parts hanging off of you. You have probably something on your leg, um, and Anders is sort of weighed down by one of the, the corpse arms that are on his arm, and you're making your way to the only path that looks like it's leading deeper into the woods, and do you want to keep running? I mean, they're they're still on your heels, um, and you need to pass this in order to get away. I want to solve that riddle, but I I am too tired. I am not. I can't. I literally like my brain is so blank right now. It's really embarrassing. I think all we can do is keep running. I'm going to feel so stupid when I figure out what this riddle is. I'll tell you that, if we, depending on what happens in this roll. Yeah, roll a nine. Oh. Uh, Grace DC nine. Gotcha. 
I got a five overall. So Anders, I rolled a 15. <laughs> um, oh, God. Anders is way ahead of you. And it's only sort of at the end of his stride that he turns around and realizes that you now have three zombies on top of you who are who have now caught up and are dragging you back towards the grave. <laughs> well, they really want me to solve this riddle. Well, that's not not great, not great at all. Um, because I know the answer to this riddle. Give me a knowledge high DC. Okay, a high knowledge DC. Difficult or very difficult? Very difficult. I know the answer to the riddle. 14. Go on. Yeah, no, I'm really terrible at riddles. Sorry. Uh, uh, do you want me to... Yeah, no, I probably should go help. Help me! And Anders, like, runs back in your direction, and he he levels his gauntlet at one of the at one of the zombies, and he clicks a button on the side of the gauntlet. Um, and he's going to try to fire his uh, stun cord at the zombie that's around your that one of the zombies, the lead zombie that's near you. Uh, what was the DC I gave for the zombies? Was it a nine or a ten? I'm gonna say nine. So the stun cord lances out from from his gauntlet and it wraps its way around one of the zombies and you can see it begin to convulse and then it kind of falls over off of you and then Anders is back in the in the fray with you and he's got his knife and he starts slashing at one of the um, zombies that is still kind of tugging you towards this grave. And he manages to bury the, his knife into the zombie's skull, and it kind of just sort of, like, falls over. And when he pulls the knife away, the skull comes with it. <laughs> Ooh, but there's no blood. Um, this is really weird. Can you, like, kick him or something? Kick him. Like, that. You're like get out. Kick him. Uh, I'm, I'm kicking. I'm kicking. Roll a, roll a grace against, or roll a strength this time against DC 9. Oh no, that's even worse. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have a 1 in strength. We don't use that. Uh, yeah, I have a 1 in strength. Uh, what was the DC, sorry? 9. Good luck. Oh. 7 overall. Yeah, you kick at him, but the zombie's not stopping. And Andrew's like, oh god. And I'm weak of mind and body! And Andrews pulls back the stun cord and kind of holds the little safe bit at the end and like leaps at the last zombie and tries to like Gary on it with the <laughs> with the cord. And he manages to do it and he sort of like drags the the knight the drags the zombie off of you by this stun cord and it's convulsing as the electricity runs through it and you find yourself uh unmolested by zombies now. What a nice feeling. <laughs> uh, there's a lot more of them. Uh, and it's now you notice that there is where they were trying to lead you. There's a set of stairs that lead into one of the, the graves by there. Um, that is where they're trying to lead you, but it is also the closest thing to an exit that you have. Um, or you can let's try to... Let's just see what happens. Let's just head down these stairs and let's... Running away um, 
I mean, we might be running into a confined space here, but like... I mean, if we go where the zombies want, maybe they'll leave us alone? The skull says, Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Wait, you talk? I was talking before, wasn't I? Good point. That, that... <laughs> By the way, the answer to the riddle is nothing. Nothing. You get it. Ah, uh, of course. I feel so stupid. Ah, and Caro is like kind of doubled over because like she 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 yeah. Yeah, the zombies uh, are closing in. <laughs> we should probably go. That would probably be a really good idea right now. That would be, but Caro is just kind of reeling for help from how obvious that that is. Uh, yeah, let's let's get on. We've got a we've got a talking skull and a bunch of zombies after us. Let's do this thing. And Anders kind of like drags you by the hand into the, the probably open for grave. the best. And he cl- he closes the gate behind him. So, what what exactly is this place? I mean, oh yeah, have you have you guys met July? No, they they kind of keep to themselves was the impression I was under. Yeah, yeah, no, that that is definitely true. Uh yeah. We're We're testing out a new amusement park. Oh. Right. I mean, I, I, you need to adjust those aggro levels for those zombies, man. Well, well, it's a little different, right? Like, so so if you're really rich, there's almost nothing that can hurt you in this world, right? Like, you, if you're in with the cor- corporate government, there's pretty much nothing that can really, you know, give your life meaning. So, July figured, what if we made something that could kill people? Um, what? <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty great idea, right? They would pay for it, right? They would pay for the opportunity to maybe die. That's pretty... It's brilliant. July is absolutely brilliant, don't you think? Rich people are crazy. (laughs) Oh my god, what? Wait, you mean this place is real? I mean... No, it's not real. I'm a talking skull. What What are you even talking about? But it's, like, a little real. I mean, the guy with the swords, you really don't want to get hit by that guy. That guy, those swords are, are pretty sharp. And those zombies, yeah, they might have eaten you. That could have happened. I mean, I I was one of them until you cut my head off. Man, ugh, this is weird. This is really weird. Uh, This is augmented reality. What exactly are you? Like you're you're not a skull. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't, does it? All right, time to go, guys. Don't you think? I feel like you should have a name. Oh 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 oh! Give me a name. I want a name. Uh, Give me a name. How about Navi? Yeah yeah okay that's great. Um. I think that might be copyright infringement, but uh, like 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 Navi, 
from that classic movie um, that took place on that planet, Pandora. No, but if it makes you feel any better, sure. Nothing really makes me feel any better. I'm a skull. Navi it is then. Come on, Navi. Where, where are we off to next? I don't want to hold the skull anymore. <laughs> All right, give it here. I'll take it. Anders throws that you. Do you catch it? I'm not going to make you roll. <laughs> Caro doesn't even uncross her arms. <laughs> <laughs> Navi um, bounces down the stairs and he's just like, oh, God, what? Come on, guys. Be more careful. Sorry, I, I just zoned out for a second there, Navi. I'll, I'll come get you. <laughs> And um, Carrie's desperately trying to stifle her laughter, but she's very bad at it. Okay, yeah, you make your way down the stairs. This one is much more... Oh, yeah, Act 5. This one is a, a lot more... I don't know, it feels more castle for lack of a better term. And uh, there are no frescoes on the wall. Uh, it's a lot of, like, stonework. There's a lot of sconces with, with I don't know, torches and stuff in it. Um, through your red eye, there's a lot of, like, deep shadows and a lot of things that, like, look a little bit creepy if you look at them too long. Through your purple eye, it's not bad. It's pretty, it's pretty nice looking, in fact. So... Do you keep going down the stairs? Do you do anything in particular? Sorry, I'm drawing a blank. It's 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 10 p.m. here, and it's oh. apparently way past my bedtime. <laughs> um, we we are uh, nearing the the end. Good, good. Yes, I figured. Oh wait. Is it, is it three extract or a five extract? Five extract. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay, cool. All right, that's fine. I shall persevere. Sorry. Um, the room we find ourselves in, what 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 were the features of the room again? My brain just decided to dump the last 30 seconds of memory. You aren't in a room yet. You're just going down these stairs, kind of chasing Navi on the way down. All right. Yes, let, let's chase Navi. I mean, the least we could do is pick him up. And as you do, you make your way to the landing of these stairs, and you find yourself inside of a laboratory. And at the center of this laboratory is a huge table, and on that table is some kind of giant humongous kind of thing that looks like a person, maybe, and looks like a dragon, maybe, and looks like some kind of weird chimerical like lion snake thing. It's a lot. It's a lot there. And it's got a bunch of heads and and it's not nice looking. And in fact Harry just sort of shivers and she goes, Oh, I, I just felt like someone walked over my grave then. I don't know why. And in front of it, you see Nisha. And Nisha is talking to a ghost? And this ghost has no hair, but has this, like, very gorgeous, like, complexion and has very fine features and is is tall and, and quite thin, maybe a little, like, thinner than they necessarily should be, and is wearing this very elaborately colored tunic. Um, 
and they're they are talking to Nisha as you walk in. When they see you, they turn towards you and kind of wink and are gone. Just just psh, gone. Gone. Completely gone. Alright. Okay. Oh, I'm so glad you guys made it. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So, what do you have? A skull. Huh. You've got a skull. Yeah, they're very chatty. Well, that's not what you're supposed to have. I mean, I, I understand that this is, you know, a little free form, but but where do you get it? Oh, is that one of the zombies? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Oh man. I I mean, was it fun? Should we patch that out? Like like it's talking to you, so I guess that's cool, maybe? I don't know. I'm- I mean, I I've grown quite attached to it, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I've I've got to, you know. I'm really trying to think of a terrible pun. I'm so sorry, Steve. Um, like, you know, I, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I'd, I'd go to a party with it because it's got nobody to go with. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. Oh, You're gosh. welcome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that it, it's a skull. It definitely belonged to a body. Make it, no bones about it. Ah! <laughs> Oh, that, uh, I mean, are we done? Like, yeah, did we make it? Yay? I mean, no. Oh, you haven't quite made it yet. You're... Oh, my. If you were here just a few moments earlier, you would have... You could have talked to July. That would have been excellent, don't you think? That would have been a real sub-umbra um, surprise. Yeah, that would have been pretty neat. I always wondered what they looked like. Well. You mean Subopera, sponsored by Genetic Astro Digital. We make you better, right? That's the one. Yes, of course. That's exactly what I meant. Um, yeah, no. Uh, well, huh. You only have a skull. Huh. Well, I guess you'll figure it out then. And... You see, when you look at Nisha through the red eye, you see that he's wearing the same kind of Harlequin mask as the the sword guy. And he turns and he snaps his fingers and then he's gone. And at the same time, you hear the sound of machines begin to to spin up. Uh, what are we supposed to do now? Actually, I I don't know. I don't think I'm, I'm supposed to be in this part. You've broken your boundaries. That's pretty neat. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess we should look at this thing on the table here. Just you know, kind of get a scope of the situation i think it's probably a bad idea if that thing wakes up it does it does seem that way uh 
I, the way this thing's designed, you're supposed to have like something to stop it. And uh, do, uh, do you have anything? Do you, do you guys have something? We've got you, haven't we? <laughs> oh God, we're so doomed. <sighs> and the big chimera kind of comes to life, and it has dragon wings, and it's got many, many heads, and it begins to trundle in your direction. <laughs> All right, uh, I guess this is the boss fight. Uh, I guess it's time to take some pot shots at this thing. Oh, yeah, you've got a gun. I guess you could shoot at it. I don't really like the well, idea that uh, this stuff can kill us. That doesn't seem great. I mean, th th that seems like a very pertinent warning. So let's kill it before it kills us, eh? Sounds good to me. Um, yeah, and Caro draws her gun. Yeah, it's giant. I'm gonna say... I'm aiming for its eye. Oh, interesting. Okay, I'll give you a, a little higher DC because you're trying to do a witch eye. I mean, like, I'm gonna say that there are three eyes of relevance. There are many heads, but only three that I care about. There is a dragon head, there is a lion head, and there is a snake head. Okay, I, I, I'm tempted to go for the snake head, but only because I recently read the first volume of like Delicious in Dungeon and there was a monster where that was like half chicken, half snake. <laughs> and then in the comic it was like, but the snake is the real head. Uh, and I, I just want to test that theory because uh, <laughs> it, it was so funny in the comic. Anyways, uh, yeah, let's go for the snake head. Why not? Yeah, give me a Grace DC7. This is not hard. It's a giant freaking thing. I mean, how could I possibly miss, says the person who is about to miss. Oh, I got, uh, if it's Grace, then I got 12. And the, you see this vision above you of a man lazing about on a couch. And you feel just tired. And as you do, you fire your weapon, but it should, it should hit. You know in your heart that you were dead on, but you just kind of like drop your hand a little too quickly and the bullet goes wild. Ugh. Uh, that's not great. Uh, knife time. Oh. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's giant. I'm going to say it's probably still the same, same seven, but it's a knife, so we'll see how that goes. Good luck! <laughs> so Anders runs across the the kind of lab and jumps off of a table and with his knife out and he begins to sort of like do a little half spin in the air to sort of slash at one of its eyes same as you going for the snake's eye and good choice the the creature reaches out one of its clawed hands and nearly catches anders but instead catches uh, Navi. No, the, not Navi. And Navi ends up getting kind of run through the eye. And Navi's like, hey, 
hey, you guys are going to save me, right? No, don't. don't you. And as he says that, Anders buries the knife into the snake's eye and is sort of hanging on for dear life on, on the snake with this knife buried in its eye. Uh, I didn't really think about how I was going to get down from here. He's about 15 feet up. <laughs> yeah. Um, hang tight. I'm going to try something. Um, uh, you guys are going to help me, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, like, Kara doesn't want to be a spoil sport, but the whole, like, warning about things that could possibly kill you, she was kind of a bit like, well, 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 well. She's kind of like, okay, I, I might have to break the rules of the game and uh, turn this thing off with my fablet. Interesting. Uh, that is that is a definite choice, and it is going to. If you do that, it's going to be different than than the rolls you've made right now. You'll be you'll be breaking the game, for what it's worth. Oh, like I kind of don't want to break the game, but at the same time, it's what I've been doing the last few episodes. Um, I'm tempted. I'm... I mean, it's just it's just such a big thing. It's just such a big thing, like, uh... Not not only is Anders in danger, but, like, our new friend Navi is in danger, and I, I don't know what Caro can do on her own. Um... Uh, she's, she's not super graceful, um... Uh... I am failing to strategize right now. So, you feel this sense of reckless inspiration inside of you. You feel... You feel this sense that you you are the hero of of this <laughs> this situation right now, and you, sure you see a a man in a crown carrying a staff. You see this vision resplendent, and it's pointing to you. He's pointing to you and saying, "You you are the one who can stop this thing." I guess I take the staff. I mean, it's a vision. Damn. It'd be so convenient to have some new equipment in this scenario. Um, Oh gosh, I don't know what to do. Um, The ground begins to shake. Oh god, of course it does. You guys are sorry. My my brain's gone completely blank. I I have decision paralysis. <laughs> you guys need help. 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 I'm gonna die. I'm definitely gonna die. You're a skull. So. You're already dead, mate. I mean, that's a good point, but. Uh. Do you. Uh, try something because I uh, unclear if I can hold on from here. Give me a medium high, um, Grace DC. Oh God. Okay, uh, nine. Yeah, Anders is slipping. <laughs> oh. Oh God. Nope. I have no idea what to do. Uh. <sighs> and you feel I think it, it. You feel a hand on your back. Oh no, is it night? Is it swordy guy? Oh yeah, it definitely is. 
None of those are for us. And he squeezes your shoulder and sort of motions you to step away. Caro steps away. And one of the swords goes sailing through the air and runs deep into the side of the dragon's head. And another sword goes sailing through the air and does the same for for the um, lion head. But the snake, but he like looks at his hands and he's like, <laughs> I'm all out of swords. All right. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for your help. I uh, guess I'll shoot the rest then. And he looks over to you and kind of nods and shakes his head and totters off. He was a weapon all along. Um... Oh, and then he comes back and then he puts his hands up. He, he's offering you a high five. Caro, like, yeah, hastily gives a high five because she at least owes this this thing that. Um, but yeah, then she, she's gonna, she is kind of trying to concentrate and, like, aim another shot. Cool. It gives you a thumbs up and then it kind of walks off. But it doesn't leave. It's just sort of standing in the corner with its arms folded in front of his chest and it's, like, looking at you, but maybe in, like, a little bit of a judgy way. Oh my gosh, no pressure then. Huh. Yeah, g- right, give me uh, a, a grace against nine. Okay. Seven overall. Yeah, the bullet doesn't hit. Um, uh, Anders is still holding on, <laughs> but he's like, this isn't cool, guys. And the chimera, now that it has two knives buried into it, it's like brain pan is sort of struggling. (laughs) And then give me a knowledge roll against seven. Okay, sure. Uh, That overall is a 13. You notice something about your vision. It begins to glitch slightly. Okay. And it's glitching kind of off to a corner. Do you, like, look harder? Yeah? Through your red eye, you can see the ghost you saw earlier. And they... You can't quite tell what it is you can't like resolve it it doesn't want to you don't want to see it and in your purple eye you can't see it at all and so it kind of moves through your field of vision and anders is sort of like flailing on this snake and then it kind of walks over towards the chimera who doesn't seem to notice it and is also flailing and puts a hand on its flank and then the chimera sort of like lets out this purring sound and lowers the snake head and then turns itself off and Anders kind of hops off from it oh don't forget Navi (laughs) you see the ghost pick Navi off of where he skewered on the claw and dust Navi off 
and kind of walk past you. What do you do? For for it looks like there's a kind of half floating, half ghost held head kind of like moving past your your left shoulder. Um put a hand on Navi. Like at least be like, you okay there, bud? <laughs> uh I I think I'm okay. Is is that you, July? And you hear this voice inside of your head, and it's like a beautiful voice. Like, it's lyrical, it's musical. And it just says, maybe. And then it disappears through the door with Navi in tow. There's a there's an exit with an exit sign over it <laughs> at the far side of the room. And it's in like four languages. And it says, don't slip. <laughs> huh. Um, can I check on the guy with no swords? He's gone too. Oh. Is is the chimera just quietly purring or yeah. is it gone as well? It's sort of like on its side, kind of like moving its legs very slowly, purring. Well, how many times do you get to pet a chimera? Kara can't help herself and she she pats the closest head. Yeah, no, it seems very content. And, And Anders joins you and it sort of like sprays Anders with a little like steam out of the dragon head. Ah, you know, when this thing isn't trying to kill you, this is kind of cute. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, that thing right, uh, was going to kill us, though, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. We should probably move uh, and leave it to its contemplations before it decides to kill us again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what what did we just do there? I I, I can't help but feel that uh, uh, we didn't do very much and a failsafe of some kind was activated. Yeah, no, it does seem like Someone just, like, saved our bacon. Yep, maybe so. Um, I guess, I guess it's time for the slide? Question mark, question mark, question mark? Yeah, let's... Or the gift shop. Do you go through the exit? Yeah, very carefully. (laughs) Yeah, you're spit out into a gift shop. Exactly (laughs) that. There are t-shirts that say, like... I survived the the spooky experience, and they have like a picture of the guy with the swords. Um, they have like a picture of of like they have little dolls of the little guys with the the wings. <laughs> um, there are a couple of Harlequin masks. They're a little more expensive, though. Um, Can I business expense any of these? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you totally could. What do you is want? Is there a little plush of the chimera? <laughs> There's like a little kind of one of those things that you you put together, like model that you could put together and paint like the pieces of the chimera. Alright, uh Caro gets the model kit and like the the plush of the creepy winged creatures. Yeah, I think what Anders gets is he gets like a replica of one of the sword guy's swords. Of course. (laughs) 
and he gets one of the Harlequin masks. So that's pretty dope. That's pretty cool. And you you see Nisha at the end, and Nisha's like, "I have a car waiting for you." And then that car will take you to a plane, and that plane will take you back to the mainland. Did you have fun? Fun is a strong word. Uh, uh, mortal peril is is more more accurate. You guys didn't let us know this place would could kill us. That would have been helpful. If we told you that, you might not have gone through it. I mean, are you going to tell visitors? I mean, they're probably going to pay you a lot of money, so, so or are you just going to, you know, leave that as a surprise to paying visitors? I mean, we're still thinking. Not we. I mean, I'm, I'm just an assistant, really. July is still thinking about it. What do you think? Should we tell them? I'm going to say that this is a real question. I'm going to say that this question I'm going to take note of and may have effect on the world in the future. I mean, well, yeah, people going into an experience like this should be aware of the risks. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to try to kill people, they typically want to know. Yeah, if only to revise their ludicrously expensive insurance policy, you know. Excellent. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do that. Oh, man. The, the one thing we need is we need more androids. I think we might be calling... Uh, do you know Harlan Roland? I have heard his Twitter is pretty entertaining. I think we might partner with him on this one. It's very hard to get good androids these days, and I hear that man, you know, <laughs> he knows a thing or two about robotics. Yeah, you can say that again. Yeah, he's like a genius. He certainly is. Yeah, <laughs> I think we are going to um, smash cut the title off of that. I feel like I did very poorly on that adventure, and I still kind of want to know what the final riddle might have been. Um, I might save that yeah. for another time. That's That makes sense. Damn. <laughs> and then I can embarrass myself all over again. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, that was great. And uh, I think that we had a good spoopy adventure. And I am going to say that you still have your plushes um, in the future. Um, and I'm going to say Anders still has his replica sword and Harlequin mask, so you can you can apply them to any <laughs> future adventure you'd like. I'm way ahead of you. I'm gonna actually make a note of it. Uh, let me see. So, model kit for Caro. Cute plush for someone special. Ah, actually, I'm gonna ask you a question, and it's gonna be the last question I ask before we we hit the the off button. Sure. Did Caro give the model the little plush to? Yeah, she did. That right, she did. <laughs> cool. See you guys next time 
on <laughs> risk management. 